Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Jaguars players is having a little fun. They're having I fun, think. right? I think. Well, you can, you can see smiles you can on see, faces. You saw the one player was like, oh, yeah. There oh, was like yes, two or three. That's what we yeah. did when yeah. we went there. Right. Grind. When I first heard it, I I will be completely candid. I thought they said grandkids, <laughs> which would even be more <laughs> of a slam at their coach. But we saw the reporting. From Mike Silver, formerly of NFL Network, now freelancing with the Washington football team, talked to a Jaguars player who basically said, this is all a big joke. We think this is ridiculous. We laughed about his explanation for his misadventures in Ohio, Urban Meyer, the head coach of the team. So things continue to boil. They're not quite simmering yet. They're getting ready to play the Titans in just a few days. Here's Meyer from yesterday's press conference talking about his latest effort to apologize to the team and also during yesterday's press conference he paused and apologized to the owner and to the fans here's some of what Meyer had to say on Wednesday I had uh, at least three or four conversations with uh, Shad you know messages loud and clear and I agree with owning a stupid mistake that I made uh and that uh, a job of a coach is to, number one, health and safety of a player. Number two is motivate him and bring out the greatness in him. And number three is uh, give him everything possible to be successful and get him a great locker room. And then get the heck out of the way. And I apologize for distraction with a huge week coming up. I thought at the time, you know, now that I maybe thought it through, but I thought at the time this is a chance for everybody to clear their head, including myself. Of our leadership committee, I had at least, you know, eight to ten phone calls even where they called me and they were over the top supportive and said where well, we got you man. we we're, we'll move forward 
know, a common theme was, Coach, we all did stupid things. And uh, I'm really impressed with our guys. At, uh, at any point over this whole last few days, uh, did you ever feel distraught enough to consider resigning at all? No. Last thing, I'd just like to say also to uh, the 904 and Duval and our owner, you know, I, why did I decide to come out of what I was doing and do this? Uh, our owner, I just became, you know, uh, admire the guy so much. He's become a friend. He's a guy that I, uh, like I said, I just admire. Uh, Jacksonville, I know very well. I know our fans have been hanging in there with us, and I apologize to them. And I uh, want to make that perfectly clear. One of the things I always looked for when I was practicing law was inconsistencies in a witness's testimony. And usually the inconsistency would come from a deposition transcript from months earlier and what the person was saying on the witness stand at trial. Yesterday, Meyer gave us an inconsistency on back-to-back questions. He was asked first, did he have the approval of Shad Khan to stay in Ohio and not return to Jacksonville with the team? And Meyer said that, I discussed it with GM Trent Baalke way in advance. Next question was, well, if you had to do it over again, would you still do it? And he said that I thought at the time, no, maybe I thought it through, but I thought at the time this was a chance for everybody to clear their head, including myself, with my family located where we were, to go spend a day or two with them and then get back because I knew I wanted them to get out of Dodge 2 and clear their heads. I don't understand why the family needed to get out of Dodge and clear their heads. I have heard no stories of insults being hurled at Shelly Meyer or any other family members in Jacksonville or cars being pelted with eggs. I think the folks in Jacksonville, unlike, you know, the way that a fan base would be in Columbus, Ohio, if the team was 0-4, I doubt that they're under siege. So that part of it confused me. But just the idea that, you know, I think the truth is they saw the schedule in May. Hey, we play in Ohio week four on Thursday night. Right. We got a couple extra days out of the normal routine. Let's. This is just another example of how he doesn't understand how the NFL works. The way the NFL works is you view those three extra days as an opportunity to get ahead of your preparation for the next game. That's what you do. And you got one of your former assistants, Mike Vrabel, coming to town with a better team than yours. So it, there's just a defect there. And I think so much of it is a guy who never worked at the NFL level getting thrust into that level of the sport. It's the same sport, but it's night and day different between college and pro. And he's learning it on the job, and he's, you know, at every decision point making the wrong decision. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's been a decision, a bad decision, almost every other month so far in the Urban Meyer era in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, listen, the clear your head thing, like, yeah, that's, I'm not cool with that. Like, oh, clear your head, so we're going to take a few days off. I mean, that's just like, a, that to me, sounds just like an excuse of like, I, I, we've been working hard. I don't feel like working that hard this weekend. Yeah. Like, okay, great. I understand you. Maybe you take Friday off, right? Okay, Friday. All right, but then Saturday, hey, coaches, we're back here at the facility. Let's start the game plan and get ahead like you're talking about. Makes no sense that way. I take No days off, not during the season. No, not Does really. Does Bill Belichick take a day off during the season? No. Does he ever take a day off? No. Does he ever slow down or shut down during the season? He's all in until the season's over, and then after that, that's when you clear your head. Mm. If you need to have your head cleared during an NFL season, you have no business 
coaching in the NFL, Chris. That's that's my view on it. I, I agree, Mike. And I think that's what separates a lot of the great organizations from the other is like, you know, I mean, Bill Belichick, the year I was there, the coaching staff had to tell him that, you know, the next day was Mother's Day and a Sunday. And it, it was like, well, really, we have to be here tomorrow's Mother's Day. And he had no idea it was going to make we were all going to be there on a Sunday. I mean, in the middle of what is Mother's Day, May or June, whatever the hey. hell that is. Right. So that Never just tells that you is. the difference there. What? Sorry, when's Dirty Diana. Stupid. When's your when's damn, damn Mother's Day, you Dirty Diana mom? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think you should just be apologizing to your mother. Oh, all mothers? Well, uh, my wife. wife, who's oh. the mother of your children. That should be. <laughs> You're yeah. right. I forgot about her. right there. <laughs> I forgot right about there. that girl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sorry, honey. I love you. You're, when they have wife day, I'll be I'll be more all in. All right. <laughs> uh, 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 but yeah. All right. Wait, one other thing I want to say there. <laughs> so I, I'm talking like an idiot here. The I, and I, I guess what I also want to say with like, I can't believe Trent Baalke didn't say anything to him either and just go like, hey, Hey, Urban, I, you know, I know we discussed maybe before the season started that, you know, you might stay a day or two. I, I don't think it's the best look for you right now. I don't. I think you need to come back or you come back on the team and you, you get on your, your own plane to go visit the family for the day and then come back. But you don't do it in that fashion, especially when. Yeah, there's been a few issues already, and of course you're trying to mold a new franchise, a new team, and the and a new all these new parts within the organization. So that uh, that I don't get either. I don't think he's got anyone in the organization who essentially can tell the emperor he's riding down the street butt naked on a horse. That's the problem. That's the way it's set up. That's the way it was at Ohio State. That's the way it was at Florida. That's the way it is for a successful college coach you become the emperor of the program and there's no one to tell you what to do because you have all the power because the team is ridiculously successful that's part of the transition to a level of the sport where you're coaching one of the worst teams and you have no equity with anyone right now that's what's so stunning about this and that's what tells me this thing was so baked in to the offseason planning, this was a conversation. When he said way in advance, my guess is it happened in May. Hey, Trent, you know, when we play the Bengals on that Thursday night, I'm just going to hang around in Ohio for a couple of nights after that. And Balky probably figured it so far out. I, you know, maybe he yeah. even forgot about right. it. I don't know. Right. I, 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 it's, th that, to me, is such a massive failure of judgment, inability to understand how it works. And we've heard all the time how he's such good friends with Bill Belichick. I I don't know. I don't know how much Belichick is willing to help a guy who's now coaching in the NFL, but I'd like to think that at some point Meyer has had the basic curiosity as to what it's like to coach in the NFL, and you would pick up by osmosis from knowing Belichick the idea that it is an all-in, everyday work, 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 yeah. work, work. You don't clear your head. You don't take days off. You don't go hang out at a bar. You are working, and if you're not working, what are you doing? You're resting or exercising or doing something that will make it more conducive for you to keep working. Yeah, that's right. Your rest is calculated to allow you to work even harder. Right. So that's what is stunning to me, and it makes me wonder what other defects 
are in Meyer's approach to coaching that will manifest themselves in loss after loss after loss after loss and a lot of, oh, I don't know what went wrong. Well, what went wrong is you don't know how to do it right. That's what went wrong. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I, I, I want to, like, I think your thing, like, you know, emperor thing is, is like, that was kind of the next thing I was going to say. I, I think he was, he's been spoiled by being the emperor. Yeah, he has. You know, I know it's greatest college, one of the greatest college coaches ever. But, yeah, you're the head coach of Florida. You know, hey, it, it, you know, you got a little talent, people, skills, and things like that. You're going to get more, you know, you're going to get more talent there than, than most of the schools in the country. That goes for Ohio State, too. And I think that, yeah, he's been spoiled by the fact of not necessarily having to grind with schematics and strategy, like you said yesterday, and the fact of, wait, I'll just keep getting the best players here, and as long as we're somewhat up to date on schematics and just play tough, we're going to beat most teams, except for like one or two teams. And, you know, he's learning the hard way right now that, yeah, there's no such thing. He's got to... You got to realize in, in the NFL, there's two different guys. There's do, like Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like you talked about it earlier before, where it's like, yeah, there's offseason coaches and they're going to drink beers after they get done with the day and, you know, have some fun. And yeah, maybe you take the day off and you do go to the, you know, the bar with the coaching staff and have that. But like in season, most coaches, it's like, it's just, you know, I, I don't ever touch a drink. Maybe after the game on a Sunday, I finally get a drink and, and you know, cut back a little bit for like um, three hours, and then I start to worry about the next opponent. I mean, that that's as far as it goes for at least all the good coaches I know around the NFL. Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars rookie quarterback, first of all, picking the draft. Grind. Reporters yesterday as well. And let's hear what Trevor Lawrence had to say about the situation that still continues to unfold in Jacksonville. <sighs> think he's he's handled it well to this point obviously it's not an easy situation and um, you don't want to be in this situation but I think he's done right by us and it was a good meeting this morning just up front with us apologized and um, you know we're a team and we're sticking together you know just because something something happens that puts a little stress on it that doesn't mean you just give up and you, you go go your separate ways like you figure it out and, and work through it so um, that's what we're doing and I feel good about our team nothing's changed I think everything's been right on schedule like like normal I think we've operated well um, at the end of the day I can speak for myself for sure and I think or I know most of the team feels this way he's still he's still my head coach I still respect him regardless of, of what happens uh, like I said we're a team and we're figuring it out so my first reaction when I saw that yesterday was make him the player coach because he seems infinitely more mature <laughs> and responsible and gets it in comparison to the guy who is the head coach he's Meyer is so lucky that he's got Trevor Lawrence, but you have to wonder deep down what Trevor Lawrence is really thinking about his current head coach. Yeah, well, they all are. And who 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 was the other player they let talk yesterday? I'm blanking out. I know I saw this yesterday. It was Trevor Lawrence, and who was the other player uh, that they let talk to the media? Lawrence was the only. I don't know. Lawrence oh, was the only one that I saw. I know I saw somewhere, and I feel like it was on your website that they there was Trevor Lawrence and one other guy that got to talk yesterday. You know, so, I got five other. I got five other people working. I know. For me, I know. So I, I know. I, did, I can't. Uh, oh, it was Josh Allen on the defensive side of the ball. Thank you, Courtney. Great job by you coming up with that one. Yeah, so they probably put those two guys out there first off because they know they're like respectful and smart and going to say all the right things, certainly. But yeah, I I'm sure all the guys in the locker room right now are like, what the hell? What is going on? Yeah, they're, you know, got their position coaches and they're focused and they're going in the right direction. Um, uh, but, but yeah, they got to be, you know, asking questions right now of course they are and I will say this too I love that Trevor Lawrence broke it down with grind I do 
I think he's kind of having fun with the situation. It is another way that it'll kind of get the players to respect him a little bit more. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Urban Meyer is not going to love that it got caught on camera and the mic could pick it up. But, you know, I, I could envision that Second one of those things. Week. What, what's that? Second time this week. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to love that something got caught on camera. <laughs> You're right. But I, I, that is one of those situations where I bet you guys are like, I bet you won't break it down with grind. I bet you won't break it down with grind. And you kind of loosen up the situation. And then guys love you for it, too. Like, oh, look at Trevor. He's got a little guts to, you know, have some fun with this situation. And that does uh, make the atmosphere a little bit better. I, I really like Trevor Lawrence. I really do. The question becomes, how does Meyer react to yeah, that? Yeah, no, there's does no doubt. Does he react to it in a way that is self-effacing and, and people think it's funny? And yeah, okay, that could be the thing that breaks the tension, depending upon how Meyer dealt with it. We don't know yeah. how he dealt with it. For all we know, he seethed over it. We don't know. We don't know. Hopefully, again, yeah. What, what would the emperor be more likely to do? The emperor is going to be pissed about something like that. So we'll see. Hopefully I, he I don't doesn't. Know. Hopefully he hey, wasn't. And, you know, and and I still think that that what what we have going on here separately is Shad Khan, the owner of the team, dismayed with where things currently are. I really do believe the statement from two days ago was calculated in part to try to get Urban Meyer to opt out, to walk away, to give up the remainder of his contract. And I think it's clear that that if Khan is going to move on from Meyer, he's going to have to fire him and hope that he can win an argument that he's firing him for cause and I think maybe they are making the calculated guess that Meyer is going to do something else that this defect that has caused him to make bad judgment after bad judgment after bad judgment so far this year and it goes back to hiring Chris Doyle it goes back to the offseason workout violations it goes back to his comments about having players on the team who aren't vaccinated and including that as one of the factors in uh getting right. rid of them. Right. You know, it's one the after Tim another. Tim Tebow thing. And right. Yeah. Yeah. I, the bringing in Tim Tebow. And even though that was kind of a no harm, no foul kind of thing, you put it all together. And it's like, this guy just doesn't get it. Yeah. And we're making the judgment that his lack of judgment is going to manifest itself in a way that maybe we will be able to fire him for cause later in the year. The other thing is they're losing game after game, after game, after game. And uh, it's, it's a problem. And, and they're going to London soon. And uh, they have a buy after that. And we'll we'll see how this continues to play out. But I I have a feeling that he definitely won't be there next year. I'd be stunned if he's there next year. And I'll be surprised if he's there when the season ends. Let's take a break. When we return, we pivot back to Thursday Night Football. Seahawks, Rams, prop bets. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner... Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I mean, we, you know, he's a, he's a great friend. I, I, I love Shane and, you know, definitely, you know, the, the tape is out there. So we'll talk a little bit of football. You're still a little bit more guarded just knowing that we're in the same division, but we spent so many years together. Uh, we share very similar philosophies, uh, you know, overall, and, and he's had a huge influence on me. You know, I'm so grateful for the contributions, the relationship, the friendship, you know, that, that continues to be ongoing. He's done a nice job with these guys through these first four games, which doesn't surprise me in the least bit. It'll be good to see him. But like anything else, you know, I think what's unique about this league and why you cherish it is there's a lot of friends that I have that are in other places now. And, um, you know, we, we get a chance to enjoy competing against one another. But once the ball's kicked off, you know, you're trying to win the football game. Uh, personally, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, to state the obvious, great relationships with people I have, uh, I have with people out in L.A. And uh, But as far as the game goes, you know, I think there's uh, two separate things that the uh, worlds that I'm living in right now. And, and it's a football week for me and excited to be in a Thursday night game. It's Thursday night setting divisional game, uh, just like last week's was a, it was an important game. Uh, no different this week as we approach this this one coming up quick. That was Shane Waldron. Before that, Sean McVay. They previously worked together on the Rams staff. Waldron now the offensive coordinator of the Seattle Seahawks. I have one thing to say. we got to get to these prop bets. But can we pull up a still frame of McVay from what we showed? Something I noticed there that – Chris, I want your thoughts on this. If you noticed the message that was above. See Ur- that ur- yeah, urgent, ur- yeah. urgent engine? Yeah. What the hell does that mean? Right. What like, is it? I, be, it? Urgent enjoyment. I'm sorry. I, I'm sure they paid someone a crap load of money for that slogan. Or maybe Sean McVay saw it in some book he was reading or an article on the plane. I don't know. Urgent enjoyment makes no sense to me. Yeah, I, I, it does to me. I, I mean, especially, I guess, if you know, like, coaches Sean McVay a little bit. You know, he, he wants you to enjoy being at work every day. Let's be at work, but not let's not, like, kick back and be like, hey, it's pina colada time. We're enjoying but ourselves we, here. But it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah well, he explains wants it. how he acted yeah. throughout the game against the Buccaneers. Well, that was urgent enjoyment. That's what he wants. the point of his head that's exploding. Right. He wants you to be like, hey, we're going to watch film. We're going to work hard, and it's going to be awesome, but we're, we're going to enjoy it, but we're going to work hard and do it, you know, and it's urgent to be, to, to really, like, you know, hit the pedal to the metal every day so we can play our best on Sunday. At least that's what I think it is. I don't know. But, yeah, the slogans like that, I, I bet you that's something that's, like, organically came out from his mouth before. I hope they didn't. I hope they didn't pay anything <laughs> to a consultant. I really hope they didn't. It's not going to fit on a T-shirt, first of all, if you're looking for a T-shirt slogan. But I, I'm telling you, I, I like Sean McVay, and I respect him, and I think he's a great coach. It would be exhausting to be around that guy on a regular basis. Well, exhausting. I, it's, it, I think it's exhausting to be around most head coaches in football, uh, you know, to, to your point, Mike. It is. It's just they're, they're all psychos. They're all – I mean, look, I mean, what do you think? Except Pete, Urban. Well, I mean, maybe. Yeah, but, I mean, you're, they're all psychos <laughs> it would not to be a degree. Exhausting. I mean, what Pete Carroll on the other side, I'm sure he's exhausting every day, and it's always – like, you know, it's just the way they are. That's why they're great at what they do. So, um, you know, yeah, I, it, I'm sure it is exhausting being around them. Hard, hard to be exhausted by a coach who isn't there. 
So uh, that's shot number five today. All right. Over under <laughs> for Russell it. Wilson pass attempts tonight, 33 and a half. I, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go under on this one. 35 and a half. I'm sorry. I misspoke. 35 and a half. I'm going to go under. I just think, gosh, if it gets to that point, you know, and Seattle hasn't, I don't think, gone over 35 passes yet this year. I, I, I don't think they're going to be able to win the football game or protect him that way. Or they're going to be down and they have to do it to come back. So I'll go under uh, for, for this one. I don't think Seattle wants to throw the ball 35 plus times. Yeah, I think if it's over 35 and a half, it means they're getting blown out. And I don't think they're going to get blown out. So I'll go under Matthew Stafford passing yards. 301.5 is the over-under for the Rams quarterback. Which way are you going there? I'm going to go over. There's just too many good weapons. McVay has expanded the playbook. Stafford, I think, is going to be on a mission because he knows he didn't play his best last night. And bottom line, like I've been trying to tell everybody a little bit since the start of the year, the Seahawks' defense is not good. In fact, it's the worst in football. They can't do anything. So, you know, their only hope is, like, we hope we can cause a turnover and just some chaos at some point. That that's all it's about. And I don't I don't think that'll happen tonight a whole lot. So yeah, I think Safford goes over. Um, I, I agree with you as well. And uh I think I think they three hundred and one doesn't seem like very much no, for not Matthew this, Stafford. Not, yeah, right. In that offense. Cooper Cup receiving yardage related to what Stafford does with the passing game. He's at eighty four and a half. Are you over or are you under? Ooh, I want to say, I mean, I'm going to go over. I'm just going to take the low-hanging fruit, obvious obvious answer here. They found ways to get him the ball almost every week. He should have had better stats last week. Like I said, if Stafford threw the ball better, if he didn't stumble a little bit. Uh, McVay's too creative, and I just think, again, with Seattle's issues there, even though it's, it's obvious, I don't know if they're going to have enough of a game plan to be able to stop some of the things they do with him. We talked earlier about McVay acknowledging he needs to get Robert Woods more opportunities. I think on a short week, that's hard to do. Yeah. I think that the goal is let's get through this one. This is a big one. Let's get this win. And then I'll have a few extra days. And instead of, you know, clearing his head, he'll have urgent enjoyment as he comes up with ways to get the ball to Robert Woods some more. So I'll go over on cup. I still think he'll be the centerpiece of the passing game. Chris Carson, the Seahawks lead running back questionable with a neck injury for tonight. 52 and a half is the over under. Obviously he'll be under that if he doesn't play. <laughs> right. What's your thought, Chris? I, I, well, let's just say whoever starts at running back, I think is going to have over 52 and a half. Uh, I, I think it's the only chance. I mean, uh, to me, it's like the 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 best advantage the Seahawks have is the Rams are not great on run defense. They're not real big. They play pass defense more than anything, and I've, I got to think this is going to be part of their thought, especially because they're going to be scared of McVay and the offense and Stafford to where maybe you slow the game down a hair just by running the football. Yeah, you take some steam out of the pass rush right. too if you're running the ball at them right. from time to time and and keeping them from pinning the proverbial ears back. All right, we're gonna take a break when we return. Our Thursday in season ritual, the matchup draft for the week to come. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. The NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, is giving you a chance to win $160,000 this week, and it is free to play. It includes Irish Pick'em for Notre Dame against Virginia Tech, and $100,000 is up for grabs on Sunday night seven when the Chiefs host the Bills. 
Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor. Well, we're going to have to change our rating on Peacock, apparently, because uh, some language got through. Boom! We apologize for that. I don't Chris apologize. No apologies. <laughs> he apologizes for nothing. All right, let's get to the week five matchups, the best matchups of the week based upon the games to come. Chris, what do you have? Um, I think I'm going to just, like, go with an obvious one just because I'm, they're two of my favorite people to watch, and I'm going to go Mahomes versus Josh Allen, of course. I mean, you know, it's a clash of the titans there right now. And Buffalo has played really good football. Josh Allen and the offense, I don't think, have played their best football yet. We know Mahomes and company probably played their best game on the offensive side of the ball last week. He stayed in the pocket, stayed true to reads and progressions, played a lot better game that way. Um, and I think both of these guys look at the out of the corner of the eye of each other because they realize, like, that's, you know, that's my kryptonite or that's my, you know, what, what do I want to say? It's, it's their, you know... Um, rival, okay, for lack of a better right. way. I was going to say something more creative, but I couldn't figure it out. The presence of Josh Allen at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night will be a temptation to Patrick Mahomes to not be patient. That's what's fascinating to me, and that was my top matchup as well because I spoke to Mahomes after the win over the Eagles, and he said, hey, as I've gotten older, he's 26. Yeah, you're really old there, Pat. But as I've gotten older, I've learned you've got to be more patient and take what the defense is giving you, and we're running the ball, and that's fine. But if Josh Allen's throwing lasers all over the place, if he comes out with a three-play, 68-yard drive, and it's a touchdown to Savon Diggs, and it looks incredible, Patrick Mahomes is going to want to match him. It's going to take even greater maturity to say, oh, we're sticking to our plan. We're going to try to establish the run here. We're going to try to pull the defense up, and then we'll see how it goes. But you you just can't go out and try to match Josh Allen right. play for play, drive for drive. Right. That's going to be uh, something that makes that even more intriguing come uh, Sunday night. All right, I got plenty that I like here. I will start with Derek Carr versus Khalil Mack because they entered the league together. Mack was the fifth overall pick in the 2014 draft. Carr was the fifth pick in round two that same year. They were together for several years. Mack became one of the best passers in the NFL with the Raiders. Got traded once John Gruden arrived to the Bears. Gets to see him. And it's going to be interesting in light of the comments from Joey Bosa the other night about how Carr gets shook and he shuts it down. And we talked about it the other day. He really, you know, curled up like a ball is what Bosa said while he's protecting the ball. Carr responded to Bosa yesterday. Carr clearly is sensitive about this. And I don't know that Mac is going to be giving him the business, but Mac is going to try to shake him. He's going to try to get him to curl up like a ball. And we haven't heard a lot from Mac recently. This is an opportunity for him to dig deep when he goes against his former team. Wait, did you say Carr talked about, about he talked about the Bosa situation yesterday? Is he talked about what Bosa said. Yeah, uh, he talked okay. about it. We all have right. an item at PFT if you want to read it. The quotes yeah. are all there. You got met a lot of writers there. Can't keep up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I hear you. I, I think that's going to be one of the keys to the football game is certainly that offensive line, you know, whether it's protecting, protecting Derek Carr or can they get some semblance of a run game you know, I do think that Bears defense is pretty good, so we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one to watch out for. I'm with you there. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you this: since we're on the topic, and I don't think we have time to play the sound, one of the things Carr said is, "I thought it was unfortunate that he didn't even think to say that. Maybe he was just trying to get under my skin, which he did piss me off. So good job for that. that yeah, was one of the things. Yeah, Carr I think said. it was kind of a low blow there by by Joey Bosa. I won't lie. I will. I think it's kind of piling on a guy that's like you know, it's it's easy to pile on. Um, 
I'm going to go next one. The I'm going to go Fred Warner versus Kyler Murray because I got to think he's going to have his hands full in this one just as far as, hey, not, not only just all the things Arizona does on the offensive side of the ball, but a lot of the times he's going to be responsible for like – you know, third downs, hey, I might have to cover the tight end in this short little area, but also keep my eye on Kyler Murray in case he breaks the pocket and can I pursue him and tackle him. You know, we showed that, you know, uh, my, my clip from the podcast there. You know, when they played each other week one last year, the Cardinals did a good job of bottling up the run game, run game and, and slowing down the Shanahan offense. The second matchup they played, they got gashed later in the year. So I'm just interested to see where the whole matchup goes as far as one of the more intriguing games of the weekend. But I think Fred, uh, you know, Fred Warner, that 49ers defense containing Kyler Murray right now, they're going to have their hands full. I mentioned this earlier in the week, and it's definitely one of my selections. Tom Brady for the second straight week going against a head coach who is a defensive guy who knows him very well. Brian Flores, head coach of the Dolphins. And Brady's record against the Dolphins for his career is 23-12. and He's lost to the Dolphins 12 times. Now, if you play forever, you're eventually going to have those kinds of of feats. But uh, if this was in Miami, I'd be nervous about the Buccaneers even winning because Brady's had a hell of a time winning games in Miami on a consistent basis. But, uh, hey, a big emotional letdown after last week. This could be a trap for the Buccaneers, and Flores knows him, and he's had some bad games against the Dolphins. Don't just assume it's an easy W for Tampa Bay. Let's take a break. Chris will have his final pick, and I'll have mine when this Thursday edition of PFT Live concludes right after this. Matchup draft round three for week five. Chris, who you got? All right, I'm going to go to you know one of the great matchups of the weekend. We haven't discussed it a whole lot, but the three and one Browns, three and one Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, the Chargers D line versus the Browns run game. I mean, it's just you know the Chargers are one of the the poor run stopping defenses in football, and we know the Browns can run the ball on just about anybody. So that I think is going to go a long way. Like I'm not saying that they got to stop the Browns to like 60 yards rushing. But if the Browns go off for 120-plus, man, the Chargers are going to have a, t- a hard time winning the football game. If they keep them around 195, somewhere in that region, then they probably will win the football game. I'm, I'm interested to see how the Chargers defend it. I had Miles Garrett against Rashawn Slater. Ooh, it's that a good one, too. Well, yeah. Because Slater's been very good. Very good. Garrett, obviously, has been very great. I have Urban Meyer versus Mike Vrabel. That's not my pick, though. That's one of the ones that I was considering because I – that Ohio State connection and everything that's going on with Urban Meyer makes that even juicier. Urban Meyer versus the fans may be pretty compelling as well. Aaron Rodgers versus Joe Burrow, the present against the future. And my official pick, Jared Goff against the Vikings defense. Because the last time we saw Jared Goff against the Vikings defense was the 2018 season on a Thursday night, and he obliterated them. Yeah, Not the same team around him this time, but Mike Zimmer's going to remember it, and I think they're going to be coming after Jared Goff every chance they can get to get a little payback for what happened three years ago. Yeah, big game for the Vikings. Big one. They should win it. We'll see what happens. Before we go, and I'd like to say – I can take no credit for this, but actually I'm the one that forwarded the link to the producers. <laughs> Thank you. It's the 20th anniversary oh, of great. your finest moment with the Longhorns. We've had some fun with this before, yes. and you know we love you. We wouldn't I know, do it it's all good. Love you. I this don't is care. like breaking down the huddle with grind. Right. There's the grind with Roy Williams, the Superman play, and uh, wow, 
What can you do about that? If the guy misses the block, what can you do? I'll defend you. I wouldn't have defended you in the past. I'll defend you now. That's not your fault. Somebody's got to block that guy. No, I know. You know, I, I, I don't know. I still get a lot of crap from Texas fans, too. What's they want 25 to... doing? Uh, Who's 25 and what the hell's he doing? Brett Robin. He's trying to cut him. Roy Williams is amazing. Listen, it's a great play by Roy Williams. He's probably the best defensive player in college football at that time. So I don't know what else to say. It's just, you know. It was going to be one of those plays where hey. my Roy Williams is going to have a chance to be one-on-one and make something special, and it stinks we didn't get to see what happened play, there. Play that again. We, we, we got a little precursor of what Roy Williams would actually do in the NFL. He kind of got you a little horse collar coming down because obviously he became so well-known for the horse collar tackle. They got rid of it after he broke Terrell Owens' ankle in 2004, and they called it the Roy Williams rule. There he is giving you a little horse collar, pulling you down. After he pulled out the ball. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Damn, they hurt. play this weekend, Oklahoma and Texas, and that was 20 years ago. Gosh, we'll 20 years later ago. Today Where is life gone? For the Picks podcast, and tomorrow morning for PFT Live. Enjoy your day. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.